A reading from the book of 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Paul. It's a joy to have you join us today, whether it's in person or, or online. As we prepare to hear from God's word and its application in our lives, I, along with the other pastors of One Fellowship, have processed and prayed as to how we might respond to the attack that occurred in our nation's capital last Wednesday. An attack that not only was awful in nature, but revealed the awful depravity in our country right now. Where we have landed is that following this sermon, we will go to God in a series of prayers to offer thanksgiving, intercession, submission, and raw confession on behalf of our country our church, and our lives. May God meet each one of us afresh today. So before we dive into today's passage, would you bow your heads with me as I begin with a brief word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd like to begin today by sharing a story out of the Middle East that is apparently well known in the Coptic churches of Egypt. It comes by way of my friend Graham Tomlin, a bishop in England. In the 10th century, the caliph or chief chief. Muslim ruler in Cairo, Egypt, issued a decree to close all the churches of the Coptic Christian community in the land and to forbid the bells from ringing. The churches were closed, the gates grew rusty, and the pigeons took residence in the sanctuaries. Some of the faithful Copts traveled across the desert seeking monasteries in the wilderness so they could meet for prayer and for worship. However, 
The majority of the cops could not afford the time or money to travel on foot across the desert. So they were faced, excuse me, they were forced to stay in their homes on Sundays. After nine years, the caliph, nine years, after nine years, the caliph decided to see for himself how the Coptic Christians were faring. In disguise, he set out on a Sunday and walked in the streets of their quarters in old Cairo. As he walked in the narrow streets, he heard the sounds of their prayers, Bible readings, and worship from every house that he passed. His reaction was another decree. Open their churches and let them pray as they please. I thought I had closed the church in every street, only to find that I had opened a church in every house. What a story and what a vision, right? As we end a tough year and enter another year, our hope and vision for our church is that we, too, will flourish no matter the challenge and no matter the circumstance. Over the next four weeks, we're going to lay out the four values, the four essentials by which we as a church for Charleston and beyond seek to live out our mission and live for Jesus. I invite you to imagine these four values as signposts on the pathway of discipleship. Guides to help you grow in your faith journey. Markers to help each one of us experience the fullness of life as promised in Jesus. So here we go. The four values of one fellowship are gather, grow, give, and go, meaning the manner by which we seek to live out our mission of knowing Christ and making him known to the one and many in Charleston and beyond is that we are committed to gather, we're committed to grow, we're committed to give, and we're committed to go as followers of Jesus. All of these values, including the value to gather, which we're focusing on today, flow from a big idea that's found throughout the Bible including our passage from 1 Peter 2 today. And that big idea is this. God's vision for your life is far greater than your vision for yourself. Scott, Janet, Todd, God's vision for your life is far greater than your vision for yourself. And we're gonna unpack this truth through two points today. Point one, out of the darkness, God calls us to be part of his family. And then point two, into the darkness. God calls us to be part of his priesthood. Point one, out of the darkness, God calls us to be a part of his family. Our passage begins, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God, precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then later, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. The first thing I want us to see clearly is that darkness is real. God is not in denial about it. He's not ambivalent about it, and he's not avoidant of it. Throughout the pages of Scripture, we read again and again and again, it exists both in our world and in our hearts. And all we needed to do this past week is watch any news program to see the darkness that's all around us and tearing at the fabric of our country. Darkness is real. And yet our passage says that in Jesus, we've been called, quote, out of darkness into his wonderful light. In fact, as a reminder of what we talked about on Christmas Eve, that's precisely why Jesus came, to deal with the darkness in and around us. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And Jesus himself declared in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, God's solution to the darkness is Jesus. It strikes to the very core of why he came. Now to share a personal story. I will never forget a time when I was in graduate school about 20 years ago when a group of friends and I decided it would be a great idea to take my old Jeep spotlighting for alligators in Florida on a Friday night. Any of you ever go spotlighting before for gators? That's all there was to do where I'm from. At the time, I had an old school boxy Jeep Cherokee. You remember the the old boxy Jeep Cherokees? It was a stick shift for uh, uh, 4.0 V6 or whatever. It had three inch, a three-inch lift kit with BFGs on it. Any of you guys or gals have a, a truck or Jeep with a lift kit before? You can just nod to me. Colin. I thought it could go anywhere. Honestly, I thought I could go anywhere. So we piled into my vehicle. We proceeded to go to this gator-infested lake. And next we began driving in the water, not next to the water, and through the tall cattails or reeds along the side of the lake, using a big spotlight to look for gators. Now, I should have known things were getting a bit serious and dangerous when water started seeping into my floorboards and dry land was getting further and further away. Nonetheless, Jason, being the proud man that I was, I kept driving along as if I was in some episode of Expedition Unknown. All was going well until it wasn't. You see, in lakes, there are these things called fish. In these things called fish, they create something called fish beds. And as we were driving along, all of a sudden, my Jeep lunged forward and downward and became stuck. And soon thereafter, about eight inches of water filled the inside of my Jeep. All we could do was climb out of my Jeep and wade our way back to land 
through the weeds of the lake and all of the dangers it presented. And just when we thought the situation couldn't get any more dangerous, our spotlights ran out of power. Thus, if you can imagine, we were left searching for dry land, wading through mucky knee-high water, through cattails higher than our heads, in a gator-infested lake in absolute darkness. Taylor, it was not only foolish, it was terrifying. On a more serious level, perhaps you can relate to the terror that comes from facing darkness. Perhaps you felt the terror of darkness because of a poor choice you've made. Perhaps you felt the terror of darkness because of abuse you've endured. Perhaps you felt the terror of darkness because of a relationship you've lost. Or perhaps you felt the terror of darkness because of the discord swirling around our world and our country right now. If this is you, and I imagine it's all of us at one point or another, the Bible makes this point clear. In Jesus, darkness will never win and we are never alone. In fact, this letter of 1 Peter was written to Christians who were scattered across various regions and who themselves were facing the darkness of persecution. And Peter reminds them, as he reminds all who place their faith in Jesus, that we've been called out of that darkness into this wonderful light. And we read, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you've not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. And what's vital here, what's vital that we catch here is God not only delivers us from something, catch this, but to something. Out of the darkness, God calls us to be a part of a family. His family. This family. Once you were not a people, Mel, but now you are the people of God. You see, God's vision for you and me is that we would be part of a growing and global gospel family, and we'd come to live as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, uncles and aunts, grandmas and grandparents to one another in the love of Jesus. Such is why this letter in so much of the Bible drips with familial language. For instance, just a chapter earlier, 1 Peter chapter 1, since you've been purified, excuse me, since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth so that you show uh, sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, love one another constantly because you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So that's why we are committed to gather as a church. God has delivered us so that we can not only love him, but love one another. Listen to one another. Heather, encourage one another. Serve one another. Pray for one another. Catherine, fight for one another. Without any hesitation, I can say I would not be the man I am today if it weren't for all of the gospel people 
pouring into me and all the gospel people praying beside me throughout the years, including people like Wes in this room. You see, in Jesus, we are better together because we belong together. Out of the darkness, God calls us to be a part of his family. But there's one more significant vision God has for you and me from this passage, and that's point two. Into the darkness, God calls us to be a part of his priesthood. Sometimes in life, God uses kids to teach us deeper lessons, doesn't he? Well, early in the COVID-19 crisis, God used a little girl named Isla from our church to demonstrate God's love for the world. Let me show you this picture this morning. It's a picture that I believe her mom posted on Instagram. And it's a picture of Isla standing at a window looking out at dusk. And it reads, We have a neighbor who is battling cancer and every night, Isla looks out the window to her house and prays for her. As I saw that picture, I've got to tell you, I teared up. I'm tearing up today. When it was taken, most people I knew were either scared, frustrated, or just out of it. And here I witnessed a little girl deeply concerned for her neighbor. It was not only sweet, it's powerful. Let me ask, what if all the adult students and kids in our church stood at our windows each night praying for our neighbors? What if we knew our neighbor's stories and what if they knew we cared? What kind of impact would that make? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Then later in chapter two, we read, live such good lives among the pagans or unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You see, what this is saying, we're not only cherished by God, but chosen by God for mission. And I especially want to highlight this declaration that we're called, Miles, to be royal priests, part of a royal priesthood. Every single person in here, listen to this, every single person in here who claims to be a Christian and follower of Jesus is called to be a priest, a minister of the gospel. What is a priest? Well, in simple terms, it's someone who introduces God to people and people to God. Priests intercede in prayer, offer praise and worship, and offer wisdom through God's word. And God's vision for all of us in our church as one fellowship is that every single person here would live and breathe and lead as royal priests under the love and lordship of Jesus, no matter your age. Does that sound daunting or sound exciting? God's vision for your life is far greater than your vision for yourself. Now here's the kicker. 
If you choose to live for yourself apart from God's family, you will be perpetually lonely. And if you choose to live for yourself apart from God's mission, you will be perpetually bored. But if you live as part of God's family and his mission, you will not only experience God's goodness, you will display his glory. So Melissa, in closing, as we enter 2021, and all those at home, as we enter 2021, the vision we have as one fellowship is that all of you would place a high value in gathering as part of our church, be it virtually inside or outside, so that we not only receive the grace of Jesus in our lives, but we also demonstrate the grace of Jesus in our community and in our world. To this end, we pray that every man, woman, and young adult here, any kid here, would take personal responsibility for their higher calling to be a part of God's royal family in royal priesthood. What does that mean? It means prioritizing being present and active as a family member of God in our worship services and beyond. It means prioritizing ongoing encouragement and prayer for the sake of others in our community of faith. It means prioritizing growth in God's word in order to live a life of wisdom and love as a minister of the gospel. And it means prioritizing making the most of every opportunity to introduce people to God and God to people in subtle and even sizable ways in all our spheres of influence this year. Are you ready to live into the fullness of what it means to be God's son or daughter and be a royal priest of the king? God's vision for your life is far greater than your vision for yourself. For out of the darkness, God calls each of us to be a part of his family. And into the darkness, God calls us each to be a part of his priesthood. So Leslie, One Fellowship, let's go. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that this vision you have for our lives would be planted in our hearts in a fresh way, not just in the way that we need to receive it, but our world needs it. Our neighbors, our coworkers, fellow students, our country. God, lead us out of the darkness into the light of our eternal hope in Jesus Christ. May we choose him above all others this year. God, would you help us fall in love with one another? Would you help us fall in love with your church to encourage and equip one another for the good works you prepared in advance for us to do? Would you help us fall in love with our neighborhood, our workplace, our schools, our country, our world? that we would introduce people to you and you to people, that we would be peacemakers. We would bring grace, hope, truth, and love, transcending any circumstance, any challenge. For our goodness and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.